Welcome to the Arlington Street Church podcast. Boston Sanctuary since 1729, Arlington Street continues today as a gathering place for progressive people of faith in the Boston metropolitan area and beyond. Please visit ASCBoston.org for more information about this historic Unitarian Universalist congregation. We're located at the corner of Arlington and Boylston Streets in downtown Boston, Massachusetts. Arlington Street Church, gathered in love and service for justice and peace. I don't know about you, but for me, most of what I've learned has been by trial and error. In truth, I'm a stubborn kind of fella, and I tend to resist change. I don't know if any of you can relate to that. I'm a, I'm a bit like a barnacle clinging to a boat bottom, figuring the life I know is better than the life I might find over at the next pier or jetty. Over the course of my life so far, 53 years on the planet, I developed some bad habits beyond my resistance to change. I've cultivated some good ones too, but I tend not to dwell on those as much. One of the bad ones, and maybe some of you will relate, is that I tend to compare myself to other people, especially to other men. When I'm feeling bad or simply so-so about myself, I look at their shiny outsides, gleaming muscles, smooth skin, and six-pack abs, and find myself wanting wanting to be them, possess them, and feeling that their lives must be wonderful without pain or blemish. I compare their sleek exteriors to the messy interior of my mind and heart and feel myself shrinking like the wicked witch of the West once she'd been doused by a bucket of water. Some of you might think, based on my story so far, that I am superficial. You are probably right. I do lack depth at times. But I have my deeper, more reflective periods, too, when I obsess over more substantial issues, like the absence of a boyfriend, companion, life partner. Even though I like my freedom, sometimes it's like Marvin Gaye and Kim Weston saying back in the 60s, it takes two, and I am one person short. Still, as I get older, I find that I am better able to accept what is, being single, being me, even when life is not going according to my plans. Those of you who've known me for a while know that I was not born with the name Judah. My birth name was Bruce, and Bruce remained my name until 10 years ago, when instead of worrying about what other people might think, instead of comparing myself to the norm, I just, as my friend Peter says, did the next dumb thing. In 1998, during a particularly dark time in my life, I felt a sudden urge, a hidden desire to change my name. Maybe it was wishful thinking, the idea that changing my identity would alter my history, my present, and my future. Maybe I just wanted to run away from myself to pursue the linguistic equivalent of a geographic cure. But changing one's name, a common practice at the yoga center where I lived for a year in the early 1990s, was for the flighty or the spiritually enlightened, I thought, and I was neither. Rather, I was a depressed man, no longer young, 
embarking on the adventure of middle age with enough personal baggage to supply a cross-country expedition. A name came to me, one I'd heard in childhood, when I sleepily attended Hebrew school and Sunday school classes, a biblical name with all sorts of associations, one of the 12 tribes of Israel, Judah the Lion. I'd known a boy named Judah back in high school, an intense, driven, popular kid with wavy brown hair, piercing green eyes, and olive skin a boy who inspired my adulation and envy, and looking back, a dollop of desire. Now the name resurfaced, and I tucked it away, wondering if I would ever have the chutzpah and courage to actually take it, to give up the story of Bruce and become a man named Judah. I doubted it. Around the same time, I attended a gay men's therapy group for men with self-esteem issues around intimacy and dating. Since my self-esteem at that time was anchored firmly below sea level, I felt jabs of jealousy as my groupmates went on to date and meet their significant others. The psychologist who led the group, a large blunt man named Paul, had a nasty habit of challenging me on my old patterns, my habitual ways of being. Of course, that was his job, and he was very good at it. You need to focus on what you have, not fixate on what you don't, he said, his face creased by an all-knowing smile, which I desperately wanted to erase with something mildly abrasive like lie. Though I had no proof, I felt sure that Paul had a partner, had been in long-term relationships, and didn't sleep alone most nights as I did. Practice being thankful for the good things in your life. Build on that, he said. Ah! I said. Still, he did have a point. I had several close friends, my health, a decent place to live, and time off for vacation. Things, like my life, gradually got better, and slowly my depression began to lift like the morning fog on Cape Cod. Subtly, so gradually I barely noticed, I began to appreciate more of what I had. I'd always wanted to write, to act, to sing, After all, I was a creative guy. I just hadn't found my medium or developed the ability to sit still. But shortly after I tucked away my new name, I began to write. Pieces poured out of me, short vignettes that came from all the years I'd struggled with depression when I lacked a way to express my true voice. And finally, early in 2000, I changed my name, starting with my voicemail message, announcing myself to friends as Judah and then finally facing my brother, who said at the time, you can call yourself anything you want to, but I'm never using it. (laughs) Still, I persevered, and 18 months later, he actually called me Judah. Soon after, in the summer of 2001, I returned to Cleveland, my hometown, to attend a writer's conference. At the seminar, we were divided into groups of 10 to share and discuss our work, And in my group, there was a man named Harry, a few years older than than me, distinguished by the yarmulke he wore on a daily basis. One day toward the end of the week, Harry told me that his middle name was Judah and that he preferred it over his Americanized first name. Do you know what your name means, he asked me. And I realized that though I knew the stories of Joseph and his brothers, the 12 tribes of Israel, and Judah Maccabee, the hero of Hanukkah, I didn't know the literal meaning of my name. 
It means gratitude or thankfulness, he said. And I nodded, too stunned to speak. Sometimes when I slow down enough to listen, I tune into a small, still voice, one that operates on a frequency far removed from the soap operas that usually clog my brain. This voice, which has no sound, tells me things that my conscious mind doesn't know. I haven't mastered the art of gratitude by a long shot, but I am thankful for the gift of this name and the fact that on some level my name has chosen me. I'm not a particularly religious or spiritual person. I don't believe in a traditional notion of God as the old man on a throne in the sky. But I do believe that I, you, we, all have the capacity to tap into a wisdom that is greater than our own small minds. Where that wisdom comes from, I do not know, and maybe it doesn't matter. What I do know is that if we slow down, go within, and listen carefully, we can find something like guidance, which can help us live more authentic lives. Fundamentally, isn't that what life on earth is really about? Being who we are, coming into our lives, and learning something along the way.